Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by sophomore from the Penn State women's hockey team, Lexi Badir. Lexi just recently helped their team out to a CHA championship and Penn State women's hockey's first NCAA tournament appearance as well. Uh, Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, Lexi, and how's everything going? It's going really well. I'm happy to be back home and with my family again. Nice, nice. How has your offseason been going so far, and do you have any plans this summer, whether it's hockey-related or not? Yeah, I mean, it's always great to come back. I live so far far from school here in Western Canada, so it's nice to be able to come back and be with the family and live an hour away from the mountains and lakes and get outside and do lots of things that I don't normally do in State College, so. Nice. What are some of those uh, outdoor activities you get to do? I'm assuming, like, do you do any fishing, stuff like that? Yeah, I used to fish a lot. Um, I actually love fishing, but I haven't done it in a while. So it's something to get back into. Lots of hiking, um, surfing when we get the chance to um, on lakes and everything like that. Lots of paddleboarding, lots of just hanging out outside and kind of being together as a family. I feel like Western Canada is one of the most underrated, most like beautiful parts of North America. Like Banff National Park is somewhere I've always wanted to visit. It looks so nice. So that's pretty cool that you get the chance to like live there and do all that stuff during the summer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my teammates never hear enough of it from me. I tell them all the time about how beautiful it is. And it's one of those places that you don't really, you don't really realize until you have been there. And for me, I've been lucky enough to grow up just over an hour outside of it. So where should, if someone's going to Western Canada for the first time, should they visit British Columbia first or Alberta? Like where, where do you start? I think it depends what you kind of are looking for. Um, I think that Alberta brings the mountains. So if you're looking for, I know everybody's probably seen that photo of the lake in front of the mountains. Um, That's Lake Louise. Um, Or if you're looking for kind of skiing, um, stuff like that, Banff is beautiful and it's a must-see. If you're looking for more of that lake lake life, wineries, restaurants, um, that's definitely more in BC, the ocean, um, more of that like water water-based experience is definitely BC. So it's kind of whatever you're, whatever you're looking for, um, especially here in Calgary, being so close to Banff, um, having things like the Calgary Stampede and so much rodeo and stuff like that. It's a really different experience. I feel like I'm probably more of a BC guy just because I like the water a lot more than the mountains. That's sort of just my vibe, but I definitely do have to check out Alberta sometime in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful. Now, you mentioned how you're doing some training right now uh, back home. So what do you want to work on regarding your game uh, for this upcoming season? I think getting stronger is always a component for me. Um, And then on top of that, I think the biggest thing that I want to work on going forward, um, being able to operate in less time and space. I mean, we're playing the best teams. And if we go further, as we go further, kind of year to year, time and space becomes less and less so being able to stick handle and operate and make plays in those small areas and then getting shots off quick now i do want to sort of uh, talk about this past season and just the accomplishments that your team had and sort of the step forward that the program took uh, this past year so but first off i want to talk about you individually because i felt like you improved a lot uh your, your i feel like you improved your game a lot from your freshman year to your sophomore year obviously statistically wise that shows but i also feel like defensively and some of the stuff that you can't really put stats on you saw that as well just from the eyeball test so uh just talk about what the biggest improvement you think you made to your game was this past season yeah i mean i went through some adversity at the end of my freshman year i had uh, hip surgery So that was a really, really large, I I don't want to call it a setback, but it was something that I had to overcome. And that meant that I could only do certain things training last off season. That meant that working on my strength and working on um, 
being strong on the boards and making sure that my hip was ready to go was the, the main focus. So I think that even though that kind of set me back for the start of the year, that that was ultimately what kind of got me to where I needed to be, where I was stronger in the D zone and stronger on pucks, um, working on those areas of my game instead of kind of that more like holistic view. Yeah. And obviously, you know, how, what's the recovery like for a hip and how do you sort of try to get that back to normal? Because I know for some players, that's a really tough injury because you use your hips a lot and it sometimes can be hard to come back from. So how, what did you sort of work on to uh, make sure you're recovering uh, the right way? Because I feel like the first step is sort of making sure you're healthy and all set before the hockey stuff comes into mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a six to nine month recovery. So it's definitely long, tedious. Um, you don't really see much improvement in the first couple months. It's very, very small steps. Kind of you go from not walking to walking to walking further, kind of those steps. Um, I definitely couldn't have done it without the support staff that we have at Penn State and without the support staff that I hear have or have here in Calgary. Um, without them, there's no way that I would have had my head on straight and been able to get through it. But I was really lucky. I mean, having that support staff, I was kind of on the lower end of that um, that six to nine months before I was kind of back on the ice. It took me probably the full recovery recovery time to feel back to myself and back to the full player that I know I can be. But um, it was definitely something that I'll like take, I took on the chin and it's helped me move forward. So. And obviously offensively, I thought you improved a lot. So sort of how'd you work on that part of your game when you were sort of recovering um, your hip? Yeah, I think that for me, um, not even so much from my hip point of view, but I always have the belief that every year you need to show up and show coaches or whoever it is, something that they've never seen from you before. So whether that's being more offensive or being able to make plays faster or more heat on your shot, like whatever that looks like every year, regardless of surgery, you need to be able to bring something to the table that you couldn't before. So I think that that was kind of a focus for me, regardless of the surgery to try to bring something, bring something new when I couldn't, couldn't skate at all last season. So, or the last off season. So it was important for me to try to bring something. Now, your team started off the year on a really strong note, upsetting uh, one of the top teams in the country in Wisconsin, who actually ended up uh, obviously winning the national championship this past season. Uh, what did that win mean uh, for your team to sort of get the season off on the right note? Yeah, our team, I mean, playing in the CHA and um, being fighting to be ranked for so long, I think it was kind of just like a uh, a realization for us that that we are here to play and kind of got rid of some of that imposter syndrome that I think some girls on this team have faced that we belong to be in that top group and that we can compete with the very best. Um, Wisconsin is an incredible group. They've had a dynasty in women's hockey for so long. So I think to, uh, to beat them in that first game just showed us that we can do this when we play the game the right way. And it's something that we can build off of. And you guys got to play against some really good non-conference teams uh, this past season. What do those non-conference games mean to your team? Because I feel like you guys always have the strongest non-conference schedule in the country. Yeah, that's something that our coach really focuses on. And I think it's really important for us as well. Um, playing in the CHA, we have that kind of reputation of not being the WCHA, not being Hockey East or ECAC. So um, it's really important for us to kind of validate our league and to make sure that our rankings are are legit. and. Um, to show everybody that we're legit because we want to compete against the best to be the be the best. And it's something that kind of shows that the CHA is no joke and good teams still come out of these leagues. 
was there any non-conference series that you learned a lot from? Like, I feel like even though you lost some of those games, like I'm assuming like when you played Colgate, that team's obviously a very consistent team in a really top league in the ECAC. So how do you sort of do you learn anything from those games and playing those non-conference teams or sort of the, just the different styles of play and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you can take something from every team. Every team does something better than you than you do, no matter who it is. So um, someone like Colgate, who got to the dirty areas and finished us in the last 30 seconds of both games, um, that was something that we could kind of learn from and think, okay, we need to be able to shut that down and we need to be able to do that in the future. So we can kind of learn from these teams that we're playing against. Um, we do a lot of studying video. So it's it's something that we can, even though we, we lost those games, it's something that we can take um, and implement into our own systems. Now you guys got to play in Vegas uh, this past season. Uh, what was that experience like uh, for your team, both on and off the ice? It was awesome. I mean, I'd never been to Vegas, especially um, being from Canada. I just heard so many things about it. So it was really cool to kind of see that from like a personal non-athletic standpoint and just be in that, that environment that you hear so much about. Um, it was really, really cool. Very, very lively city. Getting to go to the Knights game was incredible. Um, and getting to see the other teams who were in that tournament at that game as well was a lot of fun. Um, from a team perspective, it was something that brought us closer. It was time spent together, activities that we can't do in State College, which is obviously a small town. So it was nice for us to kind of get out into a bigger city and experience that together. That's awesome. Yeah. How was the Golden Knights game? I saw that you guys got to sort of do cool stuff in between uh, commercials. Yeah, it was awesome. It had a lot of a lot of life. Um, that's a really cool organization to be in. It's such a it's such a show just as much as it is a hockey game, um, which I think they do in true Vegas fashion. So it was really interesting to like be a part of the uh, the showmanship of it all. And I know that was during U.S. Thanksgiving weekend. So did your family get to come uh, see you play that weekend and sort of do that trip with you guys? Because I know a lot of teams that got to go to Vegas, uh, their families also got to go with them as well. Yeah, my family did come. That's actually the closest flight they've had since I've been in college. So they were really excited. My brother came from Columbus, Ohio as well with his husband. So it was awesome to see them um, and share that together. Now, you were mentioning how you sort of felt like your team sort of uh, has to prove themselves um, to other non-conference teams when you play against them. But when I was, at least as a fan perspective, I felt like your team was ranked in the top 15 throughout most of the regular season. So I do sort of want to ask, how does your team sort of maintain that consistency throughout the regular season? And how does your team handle the pressure of being a ranked team? Because I know when you guys play CHA teams, there's always going to be a target on your pack because of their school name, because of the ranking and sort of what your team, the type of players that your team brings in every season. Yeah, absolutely. I think for us, um, more than anything, we weren't so much worried about keeping our spot in the rankings, but trying to move forward. Um, we spent so much time in the postseason last year working on our culture and trying to have discussions about what the next team was going to look like and what our standards were going to be um so for us to go from kind of scraping to get into the top 15 to being sitting around 10 all year it was exciting and yes there was some pressure for us but we were just so focused on on playoffs and what we wanted to do and trying to make it to that NCAA tournament that we were more focused on trying to move up now, last season, uh, during your freshman year, your team lost to Mercyhurst in the CHA playoffs. Uh, what did your team learn from that loss that you think has helped you out uh, for this, for your sophomore year and obviously beyond that? I think that, that was a tough game for everybody. It was, it was hard because we all expected 
we all expected more from the group and we expected more of ourselves, um, which you always do when you lose in a big game like that. It's always easy to look back um, and think about what you could have done and what you should have done. But I think that what we did after that was the most important, the work we did in the postseason, trying to work on, okay, well, we know that we have X, Y, Z problems on the ice, but we need to make sure that we address what's in the locker room and make sure that our girls, everybody's on the same page. Everybody wants exactly the same thing and everybody's willing to do what it takes to get there. And I think that that was the biggest, um, biggest factor for us going into this new year that everybody knew everybody was on the same page and we were able to think, okay, that sucked. It's in the past and we're going to crush it. I'm curious, what were some of the on ice issues that your team noticed that you fixed uh, during the off season? A big theme for us is always things like hard blue lines and making sure we're getting pucks out and um, being as responsible as we can. And then we wanted to add um, some firepower. We needed some goal scoring. And a lot of it for us is always just making sure that we're not standing in our own way because we have all the talent and skill and everything we needed in that locker room. So to make sure that we're bringing it every day, because um, typically we are our own downfall. And some, that was something that we had to address. And I think we did a really great job of that. Now, I was listening to an interview with one of your teammates. I forgot who it was. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Tessa Janicki, if I'm not mistaken. But she was saying how important it was to sort of get home ice advantage uh, in the playoffs at Pagula. So I want to ask you, how important was it to have the CHA playoffs at Pagula? And just sort of what did it mean to you, to your team to sort of gain home ice and sort of uh, play throughout that playoffs? So I'm having home ice advantage. I think it was really a testament to the hard work that we put in in the season that we had. I mean, all of us were so excited to be at Pagula and have our families and fellow students be able to come watch. There's nothing like hearing the crowd, especially when we have such a big arena, which we're so grateful for. But there were so many more people in it than we've seen in the past. And that was really, really cool to see that support locally um, in youth teams and other students who were there, especially when it was during spring break. We still had people coming out, which was so awesome. And just being there was a testament, like I said, to, to our hard work and what we kind of earned that season as far as being that number one seed. I heard that your team, you really marketed, uh, marketed that game. Like students got to go in for free and win certain stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. And I feel it's a good way to sort of get people into women's hockey. Yeah, absolutely. We always try to have little incentives, whether it's a post game skate um, or face painting station or whatever is going to help those kids um, sit through a whole hockey game. Uh, how what, what what's the, how many people show up for a post game state skate with you guys? Is it mostly kids, or do any college uh, your stu uh, former student or uh, I guess co students get to show up to that? There's actually a surprising amount of students as well. It's a pretty packed ice. Um, I couldn't tell you a number, but it's normally a pretty busy sheet of ice, and we spend lots of time with kids, but we also spend lots of time with kids our own age who are just learning how to skate. Nice. Does do any of them talk to you and ask how to like do certain stuff? I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I think girls definitely have them like asking for stopping tips or turning tips or um, just chatting while they're helping them around. Now you guys finally won your first CHA championship, obviously beating Mercyhurst in overtime. Uh, talk about that game from your perspective and what was your reaction when Julie Goff uh, scored that OT winner? It was, it was definitely nerve wracking, but it also felt like there was no doubt in that locker room. Like we all knew that even though it was a hard game and, Mercyhurst was fighting so hard and it was so physical. It was such a physical game. It was uh it was one of those things. We just there's this feeling in the locker room that we're gonna get this done. And when Julie 
I mean, there's almost nobody I would rather have score that goal than her. She's the best. And she's been such a leader for us and such a pioneer for this team. I was so happy to watch her score it. And we were just ecstatic. And what did that CHA championship mean to the program, specifically Coach Campersall, who's been building this program for the last five or six years now, I think, and just sort of finally taking that next step? Because I think the big question with your team was you guys have all these talented players, but there isn't any uh, CHA championship. So how, what did it sort of mean to you guys in the program to finally uh, take that next next big step and sort of get that monkey off your back? Yeah, I think it was just a testament to the process. And our coach has worked so hard and put in so many hours. And with McKenna Newkirk, she was such a great addition to our our coaching staff. And it was it was so well-deserved. I mean, we worked so hard all year and that coaching staff has put so many hours in that it was just a huge moment for the program, a huge moment for the alumni and for the future girls, for recruiting, um, for everything, for everybody in that locker room. We were just so happy and grateful that we were going to get to appear in the NCAA tournament. Um, and we just felt like, oh, my gosh, like it's about time. Now You guys got to play in your first ever NCAA tournament game against Quinnipiac. Even though you lost that game in a really tough fashion, what did you take away from that experience, especially playing in three overtimes, which uh never really happened so i'm uh, shout out to the strength team for making you guys look uh very good out there because i know that's not easy yeah absolutely i mean our uh our strength coach is <laughs> she's the best and we owe a lot of that to her um she she actually was making jokes after about how that's the new normal we got to be ready for triple overtime but um it was it was an incredible experience and even though we lost and that was heartbreaking it was still kind of that we know that we can we can hang here and this is where we belong. Quinnipiac is a team that's been everywhere from kind of top five to anywhere to 10. And they're, they're a team that is always very well respected. They play hard. They play a, a very tight style. They're hard to play against. Um, so for us to hold them to triple over time, we felt that game was going to go either way. And um, even though we lost it in the end, we know that we can hang with teams like that and we're ready to go again next year. I do have to ask, obviously, recently in the NHL, there was a four overtime game and there's been a lot of discussion of like how you sort of handle it. How did you mentally handle that long of a game? Because I know at some point you're sort of like, I don't know when this thing's going to end. So, I mean, I can't speak for my teammates. I think on my part, it was a lot of delusion. <laughs> um, I said a lot of I'm not tired. Like, this is fine. I'm totally not tired. This is great. Like that a lot of uh kind of convincing myself that I was not as tired as I was. I remember actually sitting next to Julie Goff in, the, in our uh, our little circle and her and I looked at each other. I was like, are you tired? She's like, no, are you? I was like, no, of course not. Like, I'm not tired. So it was just a lot of kind of joking around and try to keep it light and just a little bit of delusion. Yeah. Was there any like pizzas hanging around the locker after the second overtime? Because that's what I heard uh, happen with uh, some of those long overtime games that takes place. You sort of just need the energy. There was a lot of Gatorade runs happening and a lot of pretzels going around, a lot of kind of those Gatorade chew gummies. Yeah. Um, lots of just like little snacks are we were in kind of a weird spot um, at Ohio State as far as our locker room. So our our staff members being as awesome as they were, they were running down to our locker room, coming back, bringing us snacks, running back down. There was a lot of like random fueling happening. And how tired and sore were you and how long did it take to sort of recover from that after that game took place? That's my next question I was sort of curious about. Oh my gosh, too long. <laughs> I, if I could have had a cold tub that night, I would have slept in there. 
Now, I do want to ask, obviously, you did play in that game at Ohio State. Obviously, you were committed there at one point. So how cool was it to finally get to play at Ohio State after uh, being committed there for a little bit uh, when you were in high school? Yeah, it was kind of surreal. Um, it was a it was an interesting experience for me um, being committed there for a year and a half before COVID. It was it was the team I thought that I was meant for. So to then be with the team I was truly meant for and to play in that arena was just kind of like a surreal feeling. And I felt a lot of gratitude for where I ended up. And um, Ohio State's a great team, but I definitely found my family in Penn State. And I was really happy about that. Now let's talk a little about next season. So obviously you guys are losing some really uh, key players uh, next year, some good seniors and good fifth-year players. Uh, so I want to ask, talk about those seniors and fifth-year players and what do they sort of mean to you, especially since they've uh, been helped you sort of transition into college hockey when they were upperclassmen as juniors and seniors themselves? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we had some some serious rocks in the program and um, Izzy and Renee and um, and Mal, so to be able, and Mal's not a fifth year, but graduated this year. Um, they were just incredible rocks and they'd been in the program for so long. Um, and then to have a couple girls like Ellery and Courtney step in, Ellery had won a championship before she had that kind of wisdom under her belt. And Courtney was just such a competitor. They just brought this, this older, mature presence to our locker room. And it, it really helped guide some of us younger players. And obviously, you're going to be an upperclassman uh, next year, if you can believe that. What type of uh, do you want to bring to the younger girls on the team next season? Absolutely, like a well, I want always want to bring a welcoming presence. I want everybody to feel like like they belong, and I think that's really important, especially for those first years coming in. College can be a scary thing. Um, I also think it's important to set the standard and live the standard every day. Um, I never want to ask a younger player something that I am not willing to do myself to do something I'm not willing to do myself. And um, I think that that's something that all of our leaders will bring. Now, what are your team's goals and expectations uh, for next season? Obviously it's to win a national championship, but there are any other team goals that are on your team's radar that sort of fans might not be aware of? Yeah, I think our our biggest theme right now is going from number 10 to making the frozen four. And even though that's pretty easy to guess, that's what we're focused on. Um, I think that that's just kind of the natural next step. We went from losing in the semifinals to winning in the CHAs to the next step is making it further in the tournament. Now, uh, just talk about, I do want to ask this question because I always like to know, do you know what your non-conference schedule will look like for next season? I've been told that you guys are going to Colgate next year. That's sort of pretty much confirmed. And then UConn's coming to Pagula next year. I was curious if you uh, could confirm any of that stuff and uh, if there's any other teams that you guys are going to play next year. Yeah, I'm I'm not 100% sure. I think it's still pretty tentative. Um it normally is kind of right up until the the last minute, but I know that um coach is working on some really strong non-conference plays plays or games in teams like Colgate and um some teams like that. And have you had the chance to meet any of your new players uh for next season? Obviously, like we talked about you're losing some key players, but you're also bringing in some really talented transfers and uh freshmen into next year's team. So I I just was curious if you had the chance to sort of meet them at all. Yeah, I've uh, I've met Maggie McEachern a couple times and she's going to be a great addition to our locker room. I know it. Um I've briefly I actually don't know. No, I don't think I've met any of our freshmen who are coming in, but Again, very, very excited to have them. Um, I think that they're going to kind of step in and be really great for our team as well. So now we're kind of waiting to see um, if any others come along and if we can welcome them to Hockey Valley as well.
That's awesome. I know Maggie, uh, her brother played for Penn State, so she knows a little bit about what it's like uh, being in uh, State College. Yeah, absolutely. She's uh, she's come and visited a couple times and she already gets along great with the team. So she's going to she's going to fit right in. And it's awesome to have her who her brother played here for four years um, for her to kind of get to have that experience as well. Uh, so we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more. Now, I try to be a little bit unique and sort of find random questions online uh, just because I didn't want to repeat any from the last time that we had you on. So uh, first one is one of the things that Penn State is known for is the whiteout football game. I want to ask if you ever got the opportunity to do that this year. And if so, what was it like? So we didn't get to go this year, but I did get to go my first year. Um, and it was it's like nothing I've ever seen before, especially being from Canada. Football is not really like a big I know it might be hard to believe it's not really a big thing here for us. It's it's hockey. It's always been hockey. Um, so to see an environment like that at a football game, there were so many people there and it was so loud and the energy was just like out the wall crazy. Um, it was really, really cool to see. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I feel, I heard lacrosse is sort of like that in Canada where it's also really popular in Canada, but it's not as popular here in the States. So I feel like it's kind of funny to hear all the different sports that each country likes to watch. Yeah, definitely. And lacrosse, like box lacrosse in particular, we even so much don't watch um, typical field lacrosse as much. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I actually went to a box lacrosse game not too long ago with our uh, Calgary Roughnecks. And they it is so much fun. It is so physical, which is a little bit scary, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's for sure. If there was like any uh, sports team outside of women's hockey to play for at Penn State, uh, which team would you want to play for? Oh, gosh, I really loved box lacrosse, but I never got into field. Um, I always would have liked to get into volleyball, even though I don't know if I'm tall enough, but I always loved volleyball when I played in junior high and high school and stuff like that. Now, what is your guilty pleasure uh, song? What's something that you like to jam out to that you're sort of embarrassed to admit? I mean, honestly, anything from the Mamma Mia soundtrack is just, we love it. Yeah. All of us in the room, we just think it's so electric. I do like that one song, Slipping Through My Fingers. I know it's sort of the more popular one, but it's definitely yeah. a good one to listen to. Yeah, that's one of ours for sure. How can you tell if someone has a good sense of humor? I guess for me, it's probably someone that can joke about anything and is sarcastic since I'm sort of a sarcastic person myself. I think it's the ability to kind of laugh at yourself. Like, I think if someone can uh, can laugh at themselves, that's normally a pretty good indicator that they can laugh at other things too. Uh, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? I actually saw it's a little bit kind of motivational, but I actually saw this uh, this quote. On, I think it was my Instagram and it was no one can take what is meant for you. And I just it kind of stuck with me and I really liked it. I think for me, probably just the NHL playoffs and uh, what's been going on with that. I think it's pretty interesting to see that we're probably going to get a Florida Vegas Stanley Cup final and it'll be the first time that one of those franchises uh, will win a Stanley Cup. So that's pretty cool. I feel like a lot of people are complaining about the Final Four, but I particularly like it a lot because I think it's cool to see different teams uh, uh, be in that spot in this NHL playoffs. I agree. I think it's good for good for hockey to have some different teams in there, although I'm a little bit bummed that none of my teams are in the, in the playoffs anymore, but it's okay. Uh, who are your two teams? I'm assuming the Flames are one of them, but who's the other one? I mean, I kind of, I've been a Blackhawks fan my whole life. Yeah. They've been hard to cheer for the last mm -hmm. few years. So I am also an Avalanche fan, mm -hmm. a little bit of a bandwagon, but um, the Flames, the Blackhawks and the Avalanche are my teams. 
Well, luckily the Blackhawks are getting Connor Bedard, so it looks like they're uh, changing things around. And then the Avs are going to be back next year. I feel like that Kraken team was very pesky. So uh, I was actually pretty happy to see the Kraken uh, win that playoff series just because that's a fun team to watch and a lot of players that many people don't really know too much about. Yeah, totally. It's it's always it's always good to see a team who um, can upset, an underdog who can upset such a great team like the Avalanche. Um, even though, of course, I was sad to see it. It's always good for hockey to see a team, especially a new franchise, come along like that. What's your most embarrassing hockey moment? Oh, gosh, I have so many. But <laughs> I think that one that really stuck with me because it was so fresh into my college career was one of my first practices. I made the classic error of going on the ice with my skate guards on. Oh, and I sometimes still don't hear the end of it. And I'm <laughs> at the end of my second year. I feel like you're never going to hear the end of that, even when you're a senior. So, Of course not. Now, you were mic'd up recently for a Big Ten thing. I want to ask you what that was like, uh, because I thought I feel like I feel like people don't know how funny you were. And I I was laughing throughout the whole thing. I like the energy you bring into the training room. Well, I'm so glad that you thought it was funny. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely uh, an interesting experience. Like you're always kind of you know, you're being watched. So there's a little bit of the nerves there, but I just tried to kind of have fun with it and just be myself. Um, I love to joke around. I'm very consistently joking around. So I just kind of tried to basically say everything that popped into my head. And that was it. Now, we always like to ask this question every year. So who has the best who had the best style on the team this past season? I felt like you and Uline uh, were a great duo with Penn State uh, this past year. And I feel like you both had the best style. But uh, who would you say had it? Well, thank you. Um, I I'm a little bit biased. I think that typically some Minnesota girls have some great style as well, but I typically think that the Canadian girls have, have the best style. Maybe it's just because it's what I'm familiar with. So right. like a girl like Maya Vaslett, I think has some pretty good style. Um, and then, yeah, someone like Mal, Mal has awesome style and anyone who does it real tight around the shin pads, I always like to see. Yeah. I feel like for some reason, it's kind of crazy to see how different, uh, Canadians and Americans, they have different styles. Like it's sort of subtle, but I definitely noticed the differences a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we always kind of joke about that, that the Canadians, and then you can tell for the most part, there's always outliers who do yeah. their own thing, but, um, for the most part, you can tell who the Canadians and the Americans are based off the way they tape their sticks and, or socks and, um, the way that they wear their gear. Now, last on hockey question, what's your favorite holiday and what's your least favorite holiday? <sighs> I think that my favorite is Christmas. It's mm-hmm. so nice to be with your family. Um, and least favorite, I think just because I only ever see it when I'm there, and that's almost never, would be the 4th of July. Ooh, I think that's one of my most underrated holidays is the 4th of July. It's really cool. I like how there's, like, no gifts involved. It's sort of, like, just, like, you're hanging out with friends and family in the summer. So I really personally enjoy that one. But my I'm favorite biased stuff for is- Canada Day myself. I feel like it's sort of the same thing, though. Like Canada Day is pretty much 4th of July for you guys. So definitely Uh, for me, probably Christmas. Obviously, that's the best. And then least favorite, probably like Halloween. I'm just not into nothing. Yeah, I think you might be right with that one. (laughs) I just feel like it's more of a girlfriend holiday than like a holiday for everybody. So, yeah. 
Now, getting back to some hockey questions now. Uh, obviously, we had you on the podcast last year. It's pretty crazy to see how things have changed since then. But what are your thoughts on the pod since we last had you on? And did you take anything away from the interview uh, we had you on? It's pretty crazy. You were just starting off your freshman year, and now you're being an upperclassman. So, I know. It's crazy how time flies. Um, I mean, I, I've always loved the podcast. I think that you do a great job. I think that one of the coolest things for me was um, when you sit down and you have to answer these questions and you talk about your team, it really kind of sparks this gratitude in me um, for the group of girls that we have. And um, I mean, every word I say when I talk about how great this program is. And so it's kind of it's kind of cool to talk about and it brings you back down to back down to earth about how lucky we are. Yeah, it also gives me sort of an inside look of what it's like since uh, you're not, you you only see you guys as hockey players, not really as people off the ice. So I feel like it's a good way to sort of get to know you guys a little bit more. So, yeah, for sure. Now, normally we do shout outs, but our, obviously you did those. But if you want to give shout outs, more shout outs, uh, feel free to do that. But anything you would like to talk about, the the floor is all yours. No, I think you covered it all. Who should we have on the podcast next uh, from Penn State? Obviously, we'll try to have you back on uh, once your junior year is complete. But outside yourself, uh, who would you want to see uh, on the pod from your team? Um, I mean, I always want to see the OT winner herself, Julie, on the podcast. Um, I also think that Tessa Janicki has a side that social media needs to see. She's hilarious. <laughs> and I, I would love to see her kind of come on here and make everybody laugh. Well, I just want to say thank you once again, Lexi, for coming on the podcast again. I, I really do appreciate your time, and I do really enjoy talking with you. I think you're an amazing hockey player, but you're also an even better person as well, so I just want to let you know that. And uh, best of luck uh, next season with your team, and uh, have a great summer, and take care and stay safe. I, I Like I said, it was great getting the chance to talk with you again. You bet. It's always fun. Thank you so much. One step forward and another back I would never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you look like that Close up, close up I'ma get closer to